Stampede. Garner is into 161, recorded 1016, 2022. Yeah, we got it all wrong. We thought what we were selling to the rest of the world was right. We had the arrogance to prove it with our military. We told everyone else what freedom was all about. But we couldn't disguise the illnesses that afflicted us here at home. We thought we could fool ourselves by demanding more, when in fact, we had homelessness, violence, and suicide in our own backyard. The rest of the world has been watching what we've become, but telling them to live like us isn't working. We tried to disguise our failing markets by simply saying we're going through a cycle, a correction, and We'll be back on top again, but 75 years of excesses won't disappear without a cost. We should never have built a system that told us to demand more because it distorted human behavior. We were told to consume more, and it would give us all sorts of things, but no one thought 
it would result in distrust. Some people got more than others, and that produced envy. Then there were those who couldn't get enough, and that produced avarice, which made others willing to use violence to get what the rich and the powerful had. And the violence spread to a way of life, a menace to our peace of mind reaching into our homes, into our schools, and onto our streets. No, we couldn't stop the violence, the corruption, the false pride and arrogance, because we were told we were a great people. Why shouldn't we proselytize our values to the rest of the world? We could build the ships, the aircraft, unmatched, because we could back it up with whatever we said. Yeah, we could spread what we had to the rest of the world selling weapons. It was good for businesses. It could balance all the imbalances. Why not spread it around? We first had to convince everyone at home we were doing it to protect our way of life. We never thought it could reach us, but it already has. We've bred destruction for ourselves. The power We thought we could tell the rest of the world how to live. Our culture would succeed, improving the lives of people with their own way of living. We never considered what we were doing to ourselves, believing we were bringing prosperity. After all, didn't our leaders say, progress is our most important product? But what was that progress? And what were the products? To prove we were righteous, we built military stations around the world. We had the power to prove our form of freedom was good for everyone else. We thought freedom never had responsibilities. So, why shouldn't we be free to produce and sell weapons around the world? 
Not only was it good for business, we were fighting for freedom. And besides, we could be protecting our interests around the world. We thought profits from oil had to be protected, controlled by our military strength. It really didn't matter who or what had the oil, just so long as we could control it. That's what the petrodollar was all about. Freedom for the last 50 years was spelled with three-letter words, oil or gas. So why should we be arrogant and filled with false pride? We were smoothing the way to prosperity. Forget about accepting less, because we could get more. Winning was everything in the consumerist world, and when it came to how the game was played, well, that didn't matter just so long as we got what we wanted or needed. And why not? It was for the taking. The oil and gas were under the earth for millions of years. We just needed to extract it, refine it, and distribute it. It was all so simple. Our freedom came from the natural world, but we didn't see what it was doing to it. We only saw the profits. Why should we be concerned about the natural world when we could build an artificial world all in the name of freedom? The
Some Americans will tell you that we're a great people. And in fact, I can recall conversations I often had while traveling in foreign countries when America's greatness was the subject. And I would respond by saying, America is a compassionate country. But that was years ago. And I don't know if I would use that word today. Now, I might say our arrogance and false pride has replaced our sense of compassion. We've allowed punishment to work its way into our lives so much so that there are people in this country who enjoy punishing others. Punishment is used to correct a wrong and should never be a form of enjoyment, but it's felt in lots of ways for us today. And we see this with people responsible for apprehending someone breaking the law. There are people in authority who enjoy punishing others and use the law to satisfy their need. Of course, punishment to correct a wrong can be used for various reasons, one of which has a monetary component. Monetary punishment usually revolves around what we see in a traffic court, but it can also be seen with people who have been unjustly slandered, resulting in monetary compensation. We like to believe in freedom of speech. And today, it's resulted in smearing the reputations of political candidates, a form of punishment that may not be immune from monetary compensation. Populist movements, like the rushing at the U.S. Capitol building on January 6th, can be considered a form of punishment for what millions of people believed was a stolen election. They may have been wrong, but like any attempts at changing power, especially when thinking about the French Revolution with the storming of the Bastille, punishment in all of its ugliest forms eventually takes place. Retribution and revenge are the calling cards of punishment.
Correction I've been talking about may have already begun. After 75 years of America's policy of purchasing oil from Saudi Arabia, a dramatic turn has taken place. Saudi Arabia has entered into trade agreements with the Russian Federation, changing its core alliance with the U.S., in this new agreement, Russia will guarantee Saudi Arabia's military safety from Iranian threats. Since 1945, Saudi Arabia guaranteed as much oil for the United States it needed. In return, the United States would guarantee the security of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. In 2017, Saudi Arabia sent a delegation to Moscow and made a series of agreements involving the construction of new oil and gas projects along with the assistance of new defense systems. Little information has been given to the American public till recently when OPEC led by the Saudis' announcement that they were cutting oil production by 2 million barrels a day. With rising inflation, the Biden administration has been dealt a serious blow in its attempts to combat increasing prices in the economy. This is a long-term shift in America's position in the Middle East and the distribution of oil globally. America is seeing a reliance of agreements that has kept us controlling markets and allies. We're rapidly losing how we want things done. Already there are calls from our government to stop any further sales of weapons to Saudi Arabia and even withdraw American personnel in maintaining Saudi's military aircraft. It's clear we are in a struggle to preserve our control over how this world is run, and we should be very careful. Our country is on the edge of a hot military engagement with Russia, and it could make a major change in the way we live.
I kept my promise Don't keep your distance And as for fortune And as for fame I never invited them in Though it seemed to the world They were all I desired Solutions they promised to be The answer was here all the time I love you and hope you love me Don't cry for me, Argentina Whether we like it or not, unless America is willing to have a physical military confrontation with the Russian Federation, which could also drag us into a conflict with China, America's time to withdraw is rapidly disappearing. We have military leaders who have openly stated we could defeat Russia in a military confrontation, leaving the possibility that there are people in our military that might be willing to try such a thing. It's our arrogance and false pride that have gotten us where we are today. We should be very careful before we stumble into a shooting war with Russia and China.
our position of leadership in the world has seriously weakened. And no matter how badly our country's ego has been damaged, it might be wise for us to be contrite. Having our leaders taking responsibility for where we stand in the world today could be refreshing and might prevent us from experiencing something we couldn't recover from. Our prestige, our insistence that we are a free people, may not have been true anyway, and it created distrust in what our leaders were telling us. We were tricked into believing all we ever needed was more, more of everything, and that would prove how great we were. We allowed ourselves to be fooled by artificial intelligence, thinking it would make us smarter, but it hasn't. It's made us reject the ancient laws of the natural world. We're about to face the whirlwind, and it will teach us the importance of being humble. We thought the good times would never end. We lost what was important for a pocketful of worthless paper money, and they kept telling us everything was all right. But it wasn't all right, and now our suffering has arrived. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard a cut from Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson's rendition of Beauty and the Beast. Then, from the Phantom of the Opera, a cut from The Music of the Night, an Andrew Lloyd Webber composition, followed by another Webber score from the musical Cats, Memories. Then Leith Stevens' music, Earth, from the 1950 movie Destination Moon. And then more of Andrew Lloyd Webber, Madonna singing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, from the movie Avida. And finally, a repeat, 
with a cut from the beauty and the beast. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.